0: The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Thank you, men, for that great song. Praise the Lord. Thank you for the privilege of uh, speaking and privilege of serving this great church. We have a super church, folks. If I talk funny, I'm from South Louisiana, okay? Brother Butler mentioned the signs that say, watch out for the quicksand. Where I'm from, it says, watch out for the alligators, all right? (laughs) 2 Samuel chapter 15, 2 Samuel chapter 15, I want to uh, preach tonight on a stolen heart, a stolen heart. Uh, 2 Samuel 15, I'm going to read verses 1 through verse 7 verses 1 through 7. Out of respect of God's Word, would you please stand as I read 2 Samuel 15, verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it it's so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said moreover, O that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so, that when any man came nigh to him, to do him, I think I'm saying this right, Obias, uh, he put forth his hand, and took him, and kissed him. Verse 6, And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king of judgment. So Absalom, notice the word, stole, it's not won the hearts of the men of Israel, he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Verse 7, And it came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. You may be seated. A stolen heart. The word heart is used in the King James Bible 830 times. In the Old Testament, it's used 725 by far the most, and only 105 in the New Testament. There are various ways that it's used. I'm speaking here in the Old Testament. Sometimes it is used as speaking of the mind. It only happens eight times in the Old Testament. Other times it is speaking of the physical organ of the heart pumping blood. Just a small portion of times is there. Most of the time, over 500 times, it is used speaking of the heart as the seat of your emotions. The seat of your emotions. Now every individual is composed of three parts, one body, three divisions. In 1 Thessalonians 5:23, the Bible says that we are spirit, soul and body. And those three components interact with each other every day in making decisions about life. They collaborate with each other. God's created and ordained order is this way for the soul. Well, let me back up. The spirit The spirit the human spirit i'm not talking about the holy spirit we all have a human spirit whenever you are born again the holy spirit dwells within your human spirit but it's your human spirit that allows you to be able to have fellowship with other intelligent beings okay and the human spirit also is the the it's the functions of our conscience faith wisdom i didn't say knowledge i said wisdom faith conscience wisdom and discernment those are all functions of our human spirit then you have the soul the soul is the mind emotions and will god's created order is that way that's the way we process mind emotions and will and then you have the body which houses the human spirit and the soul the human body being the five physical senses the way our soul processes, we see something, we hear something, we touch, tell our five physical senses, it produces a thought. That thought is deposited into our heart. When it's deposited into our heart, an emotion wraps around it. Okay, Emotion wraps around it, and it, 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 it puts pressure on the will. Do this, do this, do this. And I'm saying all that to to, to, to to point out to you, before a heart can be stolen, are you surrender your heart to the control of another person? It's got to, all these things have to pass through the heart. Proverbs 4:23 says, "Keep thy heart with all diligence." For out of it, for out of the heart, same word, for out of the seat of your emotions are the issues of life. Every, every, every issue of life passes through the heart and comes out to an end someday. Teenagers and young people say, oh, well, I'm doing this and and, and I'm okay. The end hadn't come yet. Everything. That's why God says, keep your heart like a safe. You guard it. It's that valuable. Keep your heart with all diligence. Diligence being purpose and intentional. Keep it guarded. For out of it are the issues of life. Every issue of life in whatever area of your world, it goes and passes through the heart and comes out to an end. So if someone is going to surrender their heart to the control of, of another person the heart has to be touched and communicated with in some way don't don't lose sight of that the heart has to be touched when i say heart i speak of the seat of your emotions now the heart there are two things the heart has to do first is love the heart has to love The heart cannot be void of affection. It has to have an object in front of it to love. And by the way, the heart can love something that's good and the heart can love something that's bad. But the heart doesn't think this is good, this is bad, I'm going to love it. That's not the heart's job. The heart's job is just to love, whether it be good or bad. And secondly, the heart follows Hold your place here and turn to Matthew 6.21. But hold your place here. I'm going to come back, put a bookmark there, or whatever. But Matthew 6.21, it's a familiar verse, but I want to use it to point something out to you. Matthew 6.21. I want you to notice this little short verse. Notice what it says. Jesus is speaking here. For where your treasure is, watch the next two words. There will, your heart be also the treasure does not follow the heart the heart follows the treasure do you see that for where your treasure is there that's where your heart's going to be The heart has to follow whatever it loves. And by the way, if you take an old love out of the heart uh, uh, as trying to rebuild your life and you don't put a good new love in in there, you can't have that void. The heart has to love something. Before I was saved, I loved the wrong kind of music. What did I have to do? I had to put the right kind of music in there because the heart has to love. It has to love something. It cannot be void. And it's going to wrap itself around something and it's going to follow whatever it loves. It's going to follow it around. So the heart has to love, and the heart has to follow. Now you'll notice here, it says that Absalom stole. That word stole means just like a a thief taking something that's not his. It's like Rachel, when Jacob uh, worked worked for Laban, his father-in-law, and they left. And the Bible says Rachel stole some of the idols of her father. She stole them and took them with her. That's what this word heart means. Except the heart is not something, it's not an object you can just reach up and steal and take, like you can, a tool, a bicycle, a car, jewelry, stuff like that. Those things can be replaced. That's why I said the heart has to be touched and communicated with some way. And I'm going to show you that very detailed here in a few minutes. Before it can be surrendered or stolen. And the Bible says that Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Absalom was the third son of David his agenda is he wants to take over his daddy's kingdom He knows he cannot do that without the support of the people He has a few men that run before him and later on you'll see a few more men He knows he just can't, with military strength alone. Go get the kingdom to follow him But he believes with with the support of the people He can take over his daddy's kingdom so he goes to a very noticeable place the city gate where men would come through to enter the city and business, and, and, and uh, it was a very noticeable place where things happened. Decisions were made, judgments were made. And he stands there, and as people come through, he would speak to them. This is all an intentional plan by Absalom. Before someone steals uh, the heart, they're going to find that noticeable place in your world. They're going to look for it. You know, even a homeless man uses a stewardship principle. You know he picks what corner he's going to stand on? He just doesn't pick any corner. Even a homeless man has got enough sense to use a stewardship mindset. we hours here, I ain't going to get more. But here there's a lot of people. I'm going to get more there. The heart stealer's the same way. He wants to look for that noticeable spot into your world. And as they would come by, he would speak to them. Absalom had three tools that he used and I'm not going to focus on a lot of things before this happened to Absalom because there's a lot of background in Absalom's world that caused him to rebel against his father it's not the purpose of my message tonight but Absalom's three tools were love, kindness and favor love, kindness and favor he implied to the people there's no man deputed of the king to hear you but if I were made ruler, judge i would do justice he implied that i love you more than my father does the heart stealer i hope you're listening the heart stealer plants doubt about leadership You teenagers, you got somebody else. I don't care if they're a teen department. I have the teen department, and they start downplaying leadership in this church, downplaying leadership in your home, downplaying leadership. You're on the way to stealing your heart. That's what he did. So he he, he he's got a hidden, and other than and uh, uh, down putting doubts about leadership. He's got a hidden agenda. The heart stealers always got a hidden agenda. It's not going to be put out there up front. Absalom didn't say what he was doing here. But the favor he showed people, when, he's the king's son. He's, the, he's one of the princes. Whenever they would come down and he would bow down to them, he's like, oh, I, I, you're one of my best friends. No need for all that. You're one of my best friends. So his tools were love, kindness, and favor. Now, those are not bad things. All right, so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm building, so, so, so stay with me, okay? Now, I want to show you a detailed example of how a heart was stolen in this particular case so we're going to turn to proverbs chapter 7 but hold your place here because i got to come back to that last verse when we wrap it up turn to proverbs chapter 7 we have a very detailed explanation in how a young man had his heart stolen very quickly sometimes the heart is stolen very slowly over time as absalom did sometimes it can be stolen very quickly now I want to uh, in, in Proverbs chapter seven, I want you to look first of all in verse 21, and then I'm going to go back to some preceding verses, but, but notice this, with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, notice that she forced him. She, had her way in his world. She got him to do what she wanted. It's not that she was just so strong she overpowered him physically. He was overpowered, however, emotionally and mentally that day. And he surrendered his body to the control of her. I'm going to show you how that happened. And I want, I, I want to start with this. But back up, look in, um, look in verse 8. I'm sorry, verse 6. Verse 6. This is a father talking to a son. He's trying to share with his son. Be careful. Look what it says. For at the window at my house, I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones. And let me stop there. Most people, as soon as they see those words, simple ones, they write it off. Uh, He was was just a simple person. It's not like when we speak of somebody being simple today. That's not what it means. We think he's an intelligent person. He didn't know. Oh, he was a bus kid. He didn't know no better. That's not what that word means. Hold your place there in that verse. Jump over to verse 25. Same chapter, verse 25. Notice what the father said after he goes through the story. The father says, Let not thine heart decline. You know what a a decline is this way a decline if you look it up in Hebrew it means turn aside son don't let your heart turn aside to her ways this was a young man who had higher standards he knew better the Bible speaks that he was void of understanding the problem is he wasn't applying to his life what he already knew so don't write this off and say there's nothing I can learn here because this is just a simple person all right, let's go back to verse 7. I'm going to start again in verse 7. And behold, I'm sorry, verse, verse 6. And at the window of my casement, I beheld through my, uh, the window of my house, I, I looked through my casement, the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, here he is, a young man, void of understanding. Now, young man meaning this. I believe he was, it, if you look at it, it means he was a juvenile. I would say he was, he was, he's an older teenager. He had the physical body of an adult there's there's some teenagers here that that's tall and big as some of us adult men but he didn't have the wisdom and life's experiences of an adult he was void of understanding didn't mean he didn't have any home training because his dad at the end says son don't don't you turn aside to her way don't drop your level of don't drop your level of living down to hers now let's continue I want to show you how this young man how this lady communicated to his heart how she got him to follow her ways she had the heart has to be touched it has to be communicated in some way I'm gonna show those to you let's begin reading in verse 10 well let me say let's go to verse 9 because let me make a statement about there no I'm sorry verse 8 passing through the street near her corner He went the way to her house. Now, there's his first mistake right there. Big mistake. Big mistake. Big mistake. mistake. He went to her world. He went to her arena. If he had never gone there, this might not have even happened. Young people, don't go into the arena of the world. Don't do it. Because that was his biggest mistake right there. He went to her world. All right, now. So he's in her world, just kind of hanging out. How does she communicate with his heart? Look in verse 10. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot. Number one, through sight. Through sight. She hadn't said a word, but she's dressed inappropriately. And she communicates to her heart, first of all, how she's dressed. Now, to me, the attire of a harlot, I I, I didn't even say it until I was 20. I'm preaching this to you a lot from experience as well. The attire of a harlot shows a lot of flesh. Just plain and simple. A lot of flesh. And, notice what it says, subtle of heart. Remember, I told you the heart stealer has a hidden agenda. Absalom had a hidden agenda. Heartstealer does two things. He plants doubt about leadership, and he has a hidden agenda. She has a hidden agenda. She is subtle of heart. That means she doesn't put her true intentions out there where you can see it. All right? Now, so first of all, she communicated to his heart through sight. Drop down to verse 13. So she caught him secondly she communicated to his heart by touch she caught him so she's dressed inappropriately she connects with his heart by the way she's dressed secondly she goes up to him and she touches him all right the heart has to be touched same verse, let's continue. Verse 13. So she caught him and, and then index the and kissed him. She communicated to his heart through taste. Sight, touch, taste. And she's not even said one word. Not one. This is to be young people. Some young man, some young lady puts their, their hands on you and start touching you, I'm telling you, you better get out of there. Amen. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. If they don't want you to let your mom and daddy know what's going on, something's wrong. Something's wrong. So here he is now, and I'm telling you, by this time, this young man's defenses, he's a juvenile, he's a youth is underdeveloped defenses are starting to melt it's like a one-two boom punch he sees her she comes intentionally she touches him and then she kisses him and she hasn't said one word now she's going to speak all right watch and verse 13 and with an impotent face said said unto him you know what that means that means with a bold a confident face but yet without shame she's confident and bold she promotes boldly her what she's all about but she does it in a shame a shameless way there's no shame at all and that's what that means all right let's continue i want you to notice what she says verse 14 i have peace offerings with me this day have i paid my vows Therefore came came I forth to meet thee diligently, notice diligently, to seek thy face, and I have found thee. I'm going to continue. But you know what she's saying? You're the one I've been looking for. It's like some of the signals I see from some heart stealers we have in in our, our congregation sometimes, looking at some of you teenage girls, and there's a little eye contact signal that I see. You're the one, you're you're the one I want. Yeah, I found you now. You're what my life's all about. All right, let's continue. Notice now. Let's continue reading. Uh, look in verse uh, sixteen, I have decked my bed with coverings of, of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed. Now let me stop there. This is a man on the street. He goes to this lady's corner. She's a strange woman. She's a, she's a bad woman. She has communicated to his heart by the way she's dressed through sight. She's communicated to his heart through touch. She caught him. She's communicated to his heart through taste. She kissed him. And then she speaks words. She's communicated to her heart, his heart, through words. And then lastly, we have the one of smell. This is not a physical smell. She is painting a picture of her bedroom, but it it plays out in a literal sense later on. She's communicated to his heart with all five of his physical senses. He's a youth. She's a bad woman. He was a good boy. He had higher standards. That's why she has to be repetitive with her much fair speech with her flattery it says much 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 she has to be repetitive about these nice flattering words because she's trying to bring him down to her level she inserts religious tones I have paid my vows I'm not such a bad person she has to insert that to bring him down to her level because he has a higher standard so she's communicated to his heart all these ways <laughs> and let's continue look in verse 19 remember i told you the heart stealer cast doubt about leadership for the goodman is not at home he has gone a long journey he hath taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed the goodman i don't know if that means a husband i don't know if that means a boyfriend i don't know what that means But what she's saying is, he's not here. We won't get caught. Doubts about leadership. We won't get caught. It's okay. And then look at verse 21. With her much, notice that word, much, much, much fair speech, she caused him to yield. They have an unholy intimacy now, i'm going to point some things out to you here i really want you to see this look in verse 22 he the young man goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks really look at verse 23 in other words an ox going to the correction he has no idea he's just following her has no idea that's for his life he has no idea he's fixing to be ruined Just like a an an animal going to the slaughter. Just going on. Okay? But look, look, look at the next verse. Till a dart strike through his liver. Let me stop there. I would never have noticed that word, except my wife has had a lot of health issues. And many years ago that, that word just popped out at me. It doesn't say heart it doesn't say a dart or an arrow in the heart a dart or arrow in the heart is a death blow it's to kill matter of fact absalom when he, after his rebellion breaks down he takes off on his donkey and his long hand gets caught in the trees joab comes upon him with his men he throws three arrows in uh, three darts into his heart why because his intention was to kill him one day I was coming home, I came home from church, and my wife, I, I got into the, the, the kitchen, and she's leaning against the wall, holding her heart, saying, oh, man, it feels like somebody is sticking a knife in my heart. And it lasted for just a little bit and went away. About two weeks later, it was the same thing, and we went to the emergency room, and they said, well, we're going to have to check your heart out. We were, we were younger then, and I'm and, uh, sure you want to check the heart out, and they, they do the, I don't know what they call this picture, the scope up in your heart, and check it out, and say... Your heart looks fine. We think it's, we think it's uh, another area. And I said, hmm, okay. And we had some folks in our church that went to Dr. Mullins. He's a natural doctor in Tyler. And my wife went to Dr. Mullins the first time, and while she was there, she had one of these episodes with her heart. And he took care of her the first time just like that. Here's what it was before we moved to Longview we were vegetarians for seven years we drank carrot juice two times a day (laughs) we had a refrigerator just for carrots (laughs) we bought them by the 50-pound sack matter of fact we looked orange we had that orange tint you know (laughs) you know you you can only you can only so much of it you start getting an orangey tint to you so dr. Mullins and I ate so much I eat a lot and you know it didn't bother me but here's what dr. Mullins said he said Amy He asked us about the vegetarian things your body is so protein deficient the heart is a muscle it's protein your body was starting to cannibalize off of your heart trying to meet its protein demand and when you felt like these knives was in your heart that was your body trying to cannibalize on your heart to meet its protein need and he changed some things and and helped her so the point being here it says it's a a dart in the liver the liver is a very important organ its main function is it cleanses toxins out of our system and in a healthy liver we 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 take in toxins by by what we we touch and what we breathe and what we what we digest and it goes in and the the liver filters all of that out those toxins those impurities and passes it out in an unhealthy liver someone that drinks a lot someone's got a lot of heavy metals in them as it goes through the liver it cannot completely break down and detoxify those toxins so those toxins are recirculated again, not completely broke down, and they recirculate back through the blood. So here's what that means. Here's a young man now that has had unholy intimacy, and he's, got, he's like a person now with an arrow in his liver. He's going to have trouble in three, three areas of his life. In other words, he's walking around now. The next day he's going to wake up, life goes on. But he's walking around now crippled. Not a death blow, a crippling blow. And he's going to have, I don't care who you are, when you have the unholy intimacy, you have an immediate sense of guilt. Immediate sense of guilt because you have violated God's limitations on the physical body that way. There's an immediate sense of guilt. The the degree of guilt depends on other factors in your world. And your guilt is going to cannibalize on you. And next time the liver can't filter it out, next time he sees something he shouldn't, he's going to have trouble filtering it out. He's going to have trouble next time he hears something he shouldn't or he's being tempted some way he shouldn't. He's going to have a problem filtering out. Why? And and, and not following through on that because he's got a dart in his liver. He's also going to have trouble in the area of, you remember I said we were, we were spirit, soul, and body, and those three collaborate and make decisions every day? Because he's violated God's laws, the limitations on his body, he's going to have trouble with those three parts of him now collaborating. And it's going to spill over into his relationships. It's going to spill over it to, I don't want to listen to you, Mom and Daddy. It's not so bad. Why? Because he's got trouble now. He's like a young man with a dart in his liver. He's going to have trouble filtering out and blocking out these temptations as they come now. And he's going to have trouble with the collaboration between his spirit, soul, and his body. And it's going to spill over into his relationships. And he's also going to have trouble dealing with guilt in his own life and embracing forgiveness and moving on to a wholesome life. Now, if you know, Brother Jeff, I'm all about rebuilding lives. I want to tell you one thing. God didn't use this word on accident. The liver is the only body in the organ that can regenerate itself. A damaged liver can grow back. Now it reaches a point where it's too much gone, but a damaged liver has the ability to regenerate itself. And God was giving us a picture when He told that you can rebuild your life. Doesn't mean it's over. Doesn't mean I can't use you anymore. You can rebuild your life. Now, I want us to go, go back to, uh, verse, uh, to Absalom, 2 Kings chapter 15. 2 Kings chapter 15. Let's go back to Absalom. And I'm, I'm, I want you to look in verse, verse 7. He stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Notice what it says in verse 7. And it came to pass after, notice the next two words, 40 years. If you look in a lot of versions of the Bible, that's not what they have. Because they can't explain the 40 years. A lot of your versions of the Bible say that was a mistake. And they put four there. Because they can't explain it. Well, it's not David's age. Because he didn't become king until he was 30. And Absalom died before he finished, before his reign was over. It's not Absalom's age. And it's not that it, David only reigned 40 years. Now it says he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. That's just like a thief taking an object. Well, who did he steal the hearts from? King David king david king david was god's anointed man to be the preacher there i mean to be the king of that country he stole them from the hearts the, they stole the men's hearts away from david that's why he has to discredit the king he has to distract him from the king and with, with those tools of, of love kindness and favor you say well when did david get the hearts of the people i want you to turn to first samuel 1 Samuel chapter I think it's chapter 18 when David killed Goliath I want to show you a verse first Samuel chapter 18 chapter 17 is when he kills Goliath you have to understand when he killed Goliath he was a national hero just like that if they would have lost that battle they would have been servants to the Philistines. Their freedoms, their possessions, their lifestyles, they knew it would have gone another way. So, it was a very important victory. Now, I want you to look in uh, 1 Samuel 18, look at verse 5. And David went out with us, whoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself, uh, behaved himself wisely, and Saul set him over the men of war. Notice the next phrases in there. Next phrase. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people david earned the hearts of the men of israel starting right here i want you to look over in verse 16 in verse 16 same chapter but all israel and judah notice the word loved david because why he went out and came in before them you see david earned the right to influence those men when he was on the run from king saul they came to him as a fugitive in a cave 400 men they came to him and said will you be a leader over us and david didn't say well you got baggage in your life you got this in your world no i don't want to be king over you he accepted people where they were he earned the influence through his character I, I learned he won their hearts. So, where did that 40 years come from? It came from the time the men of Israel, when he defeated Goliath, until then. You see, the King James Bible is the, the only Bible. And now, Absalom's trying to break down those defenses. And that's why he has to go the route that he does. <laughs> and he steals the heart of the men away from David and almost stole the nation almost you see Absalom was a had a hidden agenda David earned the right he earned the reputation the right to to influence these people now i'm not trying to say david had done everything right he wasn't 100 i mean perfect in every way and i hear teenagers and young people tell "Well, my mom and dad's not perfect it doesn't matter that's your mom and dad you see david's david's the one the kingdom they enjoyed the lifestyle they enjoyed even to that day was because largely because of king david Whenever David was growing up with his men and he had the opportunity to, king, to kill King Saul, he didn't do it. What was that? That was character being demonstrated to the men. It's like, wow. Whenever he had Mephibosheth, when he was king of Mephibosheth, he had him come live in the palace, and politically, there was nothing to gain by that at all. His men looked at him and said, wow. He really loves people. You see what I mean? David earned that by the way he lived. And listen, young people, just because your mom and dad, you think they're not perfect, that doesn't give you the right to disobey. Right. It just doesn't do it. The heart has to be touched before it can be stolen. All right, I'm gonna have to wind this down. I wanna, wanna close out with it. the deception of continuing to fellowship with Absalom. The deception of continuing to fellowship with With Absalom takes this form. Absalom was after the heart. And if you continue to fellowship with someone that's trying to steal your heart, these are some things that I've heard and I've seen. Number one, I am special to him or her. Continue to fellowship with Adam, and you defend yourself. I'm special to him or her. A heart stealer preys on your insecurities and need for attention. That's why it's so important that daddies love on their daughters and, 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 and mamas love on your sons and feel, feel that attention need in their world. Because if you don't, first young man that comes along and shows a little attention to your your daughter, teenage daughter, she's going to dive in, hook, line, and sinker. She's going to put her heart out there. I know. I know. I had to win my daughter's heart back because I lost it. Because I didn't spend time with my daughter like I should have. I didn't bond with her like I should have. And I had to win my daughter's heart back. And that's the form it takes. I'm going to continue hanging around this person. I'm going to continue fellowshipping with the heart stealer because I'm so special to them. Remember the, the, the lady said, Oh, you're the one I'm looking for. I've been diligently searching for you, and now I have found you. That's what they say. They're preying on your need for attention and your insecurities. That's what the heart stealer does. Another form it takes is this I can help them. But I can help Absalom, I can love him back into doing right. I can love the heart stealer back into doing right. I can tell you scores of young ladies, the deadbeat men that said they loved them, and I'm going to go to church whenever we get married, and never came to church after that, not one time. But that lady had the mindset: I can help them. The heart was stolen. A life was damaged. In Proverbs chapter 7, the woman started out as a bad woman and ended up as a bad woman. She was not changed. I'm not picking on men or women tonight so I don't anybody, I don't know nothing. I'm not picking on any one person or anything. But in Proverbs chapter seven, that young man, that juvenile, that youth, he was a clean, decent boy. but he wound up a defiled, wounded young man he was changed he was changed let me give you this last little thought here how do you know when you know how do you know when your heart's being stolen I, I, and it's just just a thought that god gave me one day going back to absalom stole the hearts of the men of israel from king david they rightfully belonged to him he had earned that right plus he was king how do you know when your own the way to having your heart stolen listen carefully when you stop giving the king the glory in your life you're on the way to a stolen heart first of all i'm speaking about king as king jesus when you don't give him the glory for using you when you don't give him for the glory for the marriage you have and you don't give him the glory for the possessions you have when you stop giving him the glory for working in your life and what you have, you're opening yourself up to a stolen heart. These men quit thanking David. They forgot about David. They quit thanking him for the life they had. Yeah. I was working at a wholesale florist in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. It was a black preacher. We worked together. He was a few years older than me. He was a black preacher, and we worked together. And we we'd get to working, and we just all of a sudden we say glory. Oh, we'd say praise the Lord. About six months later, his name was John. Brother John looked at me. He said, "Jeff, what happened to your glory?" I wouldn't say that anymore. I was backslidden. What happened to your glory, Jeff? you stop giving the king the glory you're opening yourself up for your heart to be stolen on another level teenagers when you stop giving your parents the glory you're opening yourself up to a stolen heart i'm talking about you thanking your parents for what they do for you talk about addiction brother brother craig i got a good friend of mine you know what his addiction i said you got addiction to that cell phone that's what your addiction is is <laughs> that cell phone And this was years ago. (laughs) But you quit thanking your parent. Who pays that cell phone bill? Who has a place for you to stay? And when you can, I I don't mean you bow down to them. I'm not talking about that. But there's an unthankfulness in your heart for what your parents do for you. I'm talking about them as the king on that level. You're opening yourself up to a stolen heart. I've been there a husband has to tell his wife he's been unfaithful to her. I've seen the tears. How did that happen? Stolen heart. I've been there in other cases as well. A stolen heart. We need to make sure we're giving the King Jesus the glory Amen. for what he does in our world. And you young people, you say, but Jeff, you don't know my parents. No, I don't know that's not the issue you're missing the point David wasn't perfect either but he was God's anointed person for that time you give your parents the proper praise they're due and you recognize it because I promise you someone can steal your heart just like that that young man had his heart stolen in one day's time, 24 hours And then he had to work, 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 work to rebuild his life. A stolen heart. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.